swagger, okay? Regardless of what happens out there, doesn't matter. Keep your swagger. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We're your host today, TJ and Raj. Hey there. So today we're without Zach. Our hearts go out to him, man. He's got a very beloved dog that is sick. So Smokey, we're thinking about you, man. Bandit, who he will be survived by. Uh, definitely thinking about you. It's fucking tearing me up, man. Zach couldn't be here. He's hanging out with his dog before saying goodbye. So 100%. It's cool. This is our finale. So we're going to be taking, I think it's like a six to eight week hiatus. We're just going to recharge while the playoffs are going on. This one's mostly going out to our ESPN fantasy hockey GMs out there because ESPN goes all the way till next Thursday. Whereas for us, uh, Yahoo guys, it's just Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then it's done. And Saturday's like packed to the brim. So really just Thursday and Friday, I'm in an ESPN league and they did not like it, it's what it's it's 11 days long and there's still the same amount of ads like they didn't add acquisitions that to sucks. it so it sucks you got to be real tight with your streamers and I, I got i got four teams that are worth looking into but first there's there's a ton of storylines like we're recording during this rangers washington capitals game and let's just start it off from the top i know that you and i might have very different perspectives on this one so i want to hear your side first on the tom wilson incident Tom Wilson, pulling a Tom Wilson. Yeah, I mean, shocker. Um, Tom Wilson's in trouble for being overly physical. It's it's a weird one, and I know there's a lot of people, we had a lot of discussion about it on the Discord today, and, I mean, Twitter has just been the Tom Wilson show for the last 48 hours, but it's kind of bullshit, both things he did. I mean, there's a Panarin thing, and then there's the Booch thing, and I think both were, both were rough, and they were extra rough because it's also Tom Wilson who is way stronger yeah. than everybody. And there's there's a few things I really didn't like about it. Like I didn't really didn't like who he was going after. Like he did not he went after the two it was guys. A mismatch. The two scorers, right? You don't go that aggressively after the two scorers if you're trying to be the tough guy. That is just code no code whatever. That's just that's horseshit. Like that's just being a pussy to me. I totally disagree with what he did and all that kind of shit. And I think he should be suspended, but where the conversation gets different is it's it's not that easy, right? There's a couple of good um, talks about it with Merrick and and Justin Bourne and those guys and Elliot Friedman and listening to them talk. They, sh- they One thing that was brought up a lot is Tom Wilson. If he gets one game, he can't get one game. With, with his track record, if he gets one game, he kind of has to get 20 games. Yeah. It's just... So where's the bar? Have we been desensitized to, you know, it's almost like no matter what this suspension is on Tom Wilson, there's a, a very loud group that say it's not enough. Yes. Yes. And, you know, I mean, it, it was... Yeah, I, I think he should be suspended. But the thing that, that happens is before they look at the history of the player, they look at at it as an isolated incident without no regard to who the players are, no regard to injury, but is this a suspendable play? And when the league looked at both plays, they said, based on what was called on the ice, we cannot suspend for these plays. 
And that was that. Now, a lot of people are saying a, a lot of things beyond that, and he should be suspended and all this kind of stuff, which I think he should. But based on a really complicated situation, there's just more to it than that, I think, unfortunately. But he's a fucking idiot, man. Like, yeah. he's not only being an idiot to the players, but think of what he could have just done to Washington. All right. Like if, if he got the suspension that we want, you know, say five games, 10 games, whatever, he just took a top line player out for the playoffs. You know, there, there have been some bad takes on Twitter um, regarding this. And you're looking at the outcome, this game, there have been, I think it's like nine fights. There's already been over a hundred penalty minutes. We're not even halfway through the game. So this is like that self-governing wild west anarchy thing that you, that you get for, for not suspending a guy. And that should have been part of the oversight here. And like, we're, we're hearing a lot about George Peros and apparently he didn't even want to suspend Wilson for his hit on Brendan Carlson or Brandon Carlo. And he like, it was brain damaging. He, he had blurred vision, mood changes, things like that. He got concussed and hospitalized. Like after he was hospitalized, Bettman didn't like how that looked. And he, he ordered a suspension. So like George Peros, the director of player safety, did not want to do anything about that. And and then you see Shane Gostisbehere get two games for for boarding. Well, and I'm not saying either one is right. That that's where I want to start off with is that neither are right and they're not mutually exclusive. It's just you know, there's got to be some sort of consistency here. Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it in the same breath as the Gostisbehere one. Though. That was a very very different thing. I mean, he got what he deserved and it he got two games. So Ghost is out for two games, but then you look at Wilson, it's it's not even he's understated as a repeat offender at this point. Yeah. And and maybe it is just the Tom Wilson factor. It's because he is Tom Wilson that every time he even sneezes the wrong way, you know, it's it's oh my god, he's gotta be kicked out of the league, this, that, and the other thing. And then you think about every GM in the league would love to have a Tom Wilson on their team. This is a top line guy who can be an enforcer. He's like Zach Cassian, but good at hockey. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I get it. But then you like this game was bound to happen Yeah, and they, they've been talking about it. I mean, it's Pierre Maguire, so I don't put a lot of stock into the take there, but <laughs> you know, if he would have gotten one game, had this, this game been played out the same way where there's a hundred penalty minutes halfway through and it's just, man, I don't know. No, it, I mean, it was wrong what he did. You know, even if he is going by the code, you don't hit a guy while he's down. And you don't pull somebody's hair and, yeah. you know, you don't body slam somebody 60 pounds lighter than you or whatever it is. You know, there's so much of the code that he didn't follow. No, he did not. He's not a code kind of guy. And that's why, like, what was kind of like sort of jokingly brought up is like, so what do you do? You go to fight Tom Wilson. And then if you get past him, then you got to fight the big boss. Chara's behind yeah, him. Z-Man, right. <laughs> but I do honestly think that if someone went after Wilson, Chara would just skate away. I don't think he would be. I think he would be. He knows. Yeah. He's played against Wilson. He knows what he is. And I mean, Chara is a great example of how you do handle being that huge. Like, there's a great uh, statement I've heard about him. Like, you could almost just give him the Lady Bing trophy every year just because he chooses not to kill people. <laughs> because he, at any point, he could just go out there. Because he doesn't exploit that, yeah. Exactly. But no, I mean... He could hulk over everybody. Wilson is... It, it's shitty, and it's shitty the 
situation he put the Rangers in and his team in and the league in. He's making everybody look bad, and there's it, it's what he's doing. There's no win for anyone. Like, the league looks bad no matter what decision they make. The team has to do something, but they have to stand behind their players. So, yeah, it sucks, man. He's like, he's, he's, he's the problem. It's not, it's not the, it's not the league. It's not the team. It's not the rules. It's him. He is the problem. Yeah. There's a line that, you know, you shouldn't cross. He crossed it. But Tom Wilson, Tom Wilson's out for the rest of the game tonight with an upper body injury. This game is nuts. Like Buchnevich cross-checked Mantha in the face. So I don't know if that's going to turn into something. Buchnevich got a misconduct. If you streamed anybody or owned anybody, like you're getting pims from this game. Damn, I wish we had a pim league going right now. The second thing I want to talk about is how Buffalo has destroyed my goalies this weekend. I thought Sorokin was a lock. I thought DeSmith was a lock against the Flyers. And this has been such a weird week for goalie streams. Like I think Halak got blown up too. Such a weird week. And of course it has to happen in the championship. And even further to that case is everybody's hurt and everybody that's hurt is on my team <laughs> in the championship. Like Fiala's not playing now tonight as a result of an upper body injury. Barzell rested the other night. He's on my team. Uh, Nick Felino, uh, JGP Panarin is on my team. He's out for the season. Bennett's on my team. Gurianov, like, well, Gurianov wound up playing tonight, but everybody on all my team is hurt. Uh, just going th through the rest of the injuries here. Let's let's look at it. So I said Viala, uh, Marcus Johansson's back. Uh, Justin Schultz was he was a game time decision, but he did not play. And then like Tyler Bertuzzi, he got back surgery back in April and is going to be ready for the 2021 season. Nick Schmaltz is going to be a game time decision. That game's not on yet. It's like 8:30 right now. Shane Gossespair out two games with the suspension. Dadnov's out with an upper body injury. Alexander Texier. Vladimir Tarasenko is not going to play today. Man, Kirby Doc's out with a wrist thing. Weber's done for the season or the next, what, the rest of the week or something? Won't play the next three games, so he's out for Yahoo anyways. Frederick Anderson is going to start an AHL conditioning stint. Max Pacioretty has been downgraded from game time decision to day to day. Uh, Peyton Krebs is on the top power play unit in Vegas, which is super interesting, but uh, kind of a stretch. So much, so much. Like Kuznetsov's on the COVID list. It, it's a lot going on, especially in the championship week. And this is where I want to kick it off. The case for ending the season a week early. It's always been a smart move. You know, with a shortened season, you're almost expected every game to mean, you know, almost something. You know, teams clinched already. Yeah, there's there's been some rest, but it hasn't been as long of a rest period as an 82-game season. So... This season, more than most, has been at least amenable to having the last week considered. And especially with only 12 weeks, like, why do you want to push it back? And get, you want to get more of a sample size for a regular season. So it made sense. But this last week has just been nuts to the fact that it needs to happen every season. Do not play fantasy, at least in my opinion, Raj. I don't know how you agree or not, but don't play in the last week of the season. Always move it up. Yeah. So the, the championship should have been you know, Sunday. It should have been handed out Sunday. Yeah, the uh, in head-to-head -head leagues, for sure. I mean, again, like if it's a rotisserie, so season-long kind of format, then sure, oh, play it, yeah, play it have out. To, but, have to. but yeah, for head-to-head, -head, it just it's just unfair to everybody. You can't, you can't, uh, especially now that they're announcing lineups like after Yahoo locks the schedules, right? Like, so they'll, you'll see basically after the warm-ups who's actually going to be in the lineup at this point. It's, it's impossible. Like, we're in the midst of exactly why you should be 
considering not playing the last week. And it's just, it's been expounded for me because everybody that's hurt just so happens to be on my team. All right, let's get into the streaming schedule. So for Yahoo, this, like we said at the top, this episode is mostly for our ESPN listeners out there because that goes till Thursday. Yahoo is done until Saturday and Saturday is so heavy. Just to restate what we talked about last episode, if anybody's on your bench on Saturday, they should be dropped following their last active game. So check daily face-off, check zero games above replacement, check uh, left-wing lock, wherever you get your schedule information. See when each player's last game for you is, especially if they're on your bench on Saturday, and drop them following that game and get warm bodies in for Thursday and Friday. So Thursday... There are what six games here. Who do you who do you like? A uh, few different teams. I mean Pittsburgh. We've talked about enough, but the Pittsburgh's got a good Thursday Saturday situation back to back against Buffalo. The usual suspects there, I would say, unless you're playing me because I have them all. McCann, um, who I'll just eat a bit of crow. McCann did have a better game than um, than Jeff Carter last game. Um, Neither of them were great, but they're. Uh, I think they're going to do fine back to back against Buffalo, unless this goalie just is on Buffalo is now just the new Bennington or something. Like where the fuck did he come from? But yeah, I like Pittsburgh. I like Toronto. It's another good one against Montreal, uh, who's just hit or miss. You never know what you're going to get from Montreal these days. Um, although Toronto doesn't have a lot of options in terms of of streamers, is the thing, right? Um, Joe Thornton on the top line. So, it, like, if you want an exposure stream, that's one. Galchenyuk still inside the top six. Those are two guys worth looking at. Yeah, for sure. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, is um, young fella Sandine. Um, was it Sandine who they had up on the PP? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, a couple of Toronto fans, Fiddler in particular, chimed in in the Discord and said, like, Sandine and, and Riley were, were switching back and forth. But Sandine has been practicing on that top power play unit. Could be worth a shot. Um, he's he's not playing a ton. He's playing, what, 15 minutes last game, 13 and a half the game before. So although he is getting a chance at offense, he's not getting a ton of minutes. Um, I like this Carolina-Chicago game, man. Like between, they've already played two games against them this week. The first one was 5-2. to two, The second one was 6-3. to three. So there's 15 goals between two games against these two very high-scoring teams when they play each other. Uh, mostly in favor of, I mean, like wildly in favor of Carolina, who's outscored them 11-5 to five during this. Um, did I do my math wrong? So 7 and 9. Yeah, so 16 goals between the two games. 8 goals average. So 11-5, to five, Carolina is outscoring these guys. And just looking on ESPN in particular here, there's not much, again, not much in the way of availability. There's guys like Nino Niederreiter who are under 50%. Brady Shea is about, you know, him and Brett Pesci are kind of the guys that you're looking at on defense. But Jordan Stahl, upwards of 85%. Nietzsche is at like 70, Teravainen at 65. So just go check on Teravainen, one in three leagues right there that you can get him in ESPN for, for this one. I imagine... What's he at in Yahoo? Any idea? Oh, Tara Vine. And yeah, I think he's at, so confirm, yeah, 74, 74%. Um, so he's possible. But um, what I was going to say, he's him and, and guys like that that are good, but not the super elite. 
it's worth checking on everybody right now because some pe- sometimes you got to make a crazy move in the last week or two, so you never know who might be on the wire just because of someone else's situation or whatever. Just warm bodies, man. Yeah. It's worth saying that Dylan Strome was on the top line in practice, and, and he's only 6% owned in Yahoo. Like, sorry, ESPN. But like anytime he's on the top power or a top line, he kind of gets interesting. 10% owned in in Yahoo. He was playing on power play one in his last game. So, you know, getting line one exposure and power play one exposure, Dylan Strom for points, I think could be an interesting option. Has not been anywhere lately, really. So just take that for what it is. He's got two points in his last five games, 11 shots. So not for lack of trying, but I think maybe a change of scenery to the top line could be good for him. It, it can't be worse, right? So that's where I'm going. Duncan Keith on the top power play in Chicago too, worth looking at can stack some blocks too. And the guys like we've already been talking about Zadorov for hits and Hockenpah for hits on the other side, Connor Murphy for kind of all around periphery. Anybody else? No, it's worth mentioning. Doc is out yeah, at the moment. Yeah. Some wrist thing like, um, like a scar aggravation. I forget what exactly it was, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a normal no, thing. I wouldn't. I, and he's been actually, he's been playing pretty well getting some points playing with the with the big boys there but i don't see them taking any chances with a guy like that there's no point right like if there's they're going to give him the the rest if he needs it but yeah not too much there i don't think coming into crunch time i'm looking at this edmonton vancouver setup and jesse pooley yep like we're getting we're getting to the wire we need points wherever we can find them he's on line one power play two he's got five points in his last seven going up against vancouver no offense but i'm pretty sure he can score against vancouver uh, 10 hits in his last seven games, too. Good to go. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he does hit. Um, and those games might start getting a little bit chippy, too. Four games in a row. Vancouver's got not much to play for other than taking out guys like Pugliarvi. And, man, I mean, fucking McDavid. He he is dead set on 100 points, and Pugliarvi is probably yeah. going to be on the wing. So, 19 points in his last seven games. That is impressive it's wildly impressive I, they were comparing him and dry and i was like fuck dry doing terrible but he's not it's just when you put him next to <laughs> mcdavid it looks like he's doing yeah. bad but he's still a point per game it's like the picture you put char next to shack and all of a sudden char looks short yeah archibald 22 hits so over three hits a game in his last seven same for adam larson two guys you can pick up that um are gonna 100 give you hits least you know maybe 99 percent give you hits because alexiak even had a zero hit game that's where i'm at i mean boston versus new york we've talked about a lot of these guys and things might change whether or not uh, people got injured in today's game like buchnevich got a game misconduct so did brendan smith i imagine i mean keandre miller had a really tough fall so he might be out but keep an eye on that one the new york islanders versus the new jersey devils i still really like anthony bovillier he has not stopped what were you calling him? Bovechkin? Bovechkin, yeah. He's uh, Dude, his shots have been insane. What's he at like seven, five, and five in his last three games or something? Yeah, he's uh he's making me look good on that pick last week, that's for sure. Last uh, last show. Five goals, one assist, twenty-eight shots. So four shots a game in his last seven games. Yeah, just looking back. Seven, two, six, six, zero, four, three, and then one. But he has been shooting non-stop in his last 10 which is just really good to see you'll love to see that it's and 
he's the only guy on the team. I mean, it is the Islanders, but he's he's the scorer right now because no one else has over twenty shots. Even like uh, who's next? Pulak's got eighteen. Barzell's got like eleven. So Beauvillier is doing all the shots. Yep, and he's scoring goals. He's got one, two, three, four, five goals in his last six games. <laughs> that's pretty. So, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's that's what you like to see. And this is a guy who's still twenty six percent owned. So five goals, one assist. For six points in his last seven, 28 shots, like you were saying, four shots a game. Uh, line two, power play one. I think he moved up. I can't remember if he moved up to line one, but top six plus power play one cannot go wrong. That's about it for Thursday. Friday gets a little more interesting. Colorado and the Los Angeles Kings. Something I want to talk about is Alex Newhook got the call up today to the Colorado Avalanche, was taking reps on power play two, and is the second line center pushing Kadri over to the wing. So your second line looks like Kadri, Newhook, and Burakovsky. So that is your top six with, with the West Coast Perfection line up top and then that second line. Newhook is a highly, highly regarded prospect for Colorado Avalanche, and it's really unfair because he's a very talented center coming in behind another very talented center. This is going to be a dangerous one-two punch. So I think the Avalanche are having a little fun here. They want to see what they have in New Hook, and they are giving him every opportunity available to see what he can do. He's getting power play time. He's getting top six time. As the season winds down, so they really just want to, you know, evaluate their investment or however you might say. Yeah, it's a safe place to put him between Kadri and Burakovsky. I mean, they, those guys know what's up, and uh, I don't know if I'd be risking it right now. But it's a great move for Colorado. I mean, they got nothing to lose. I think they're firmly into the playoffs at this point and <laughs> might as well get the kid a couple of games. Minnesota Anaheim is going to be a fun one. There's a ton of availability in Minnesota uh, with, with Fiala out. Now I don't know what to do in the next game. Like he's listed as out. So obviously if you have IR plus spots, do that because warm bodies on Friday are going to be important. Matt Dumba has been heating up a little bit, three assists in his last seven games. 11 hits, 11 blocks, so he's not leaving you stranded. He's at 45%. Spurgeon, on the other hand, 7 points in 7 games, 44%. Both of these guys, inside the 40s, both of these guys, worth a look. Who are you, who else are you looking at? Because it, right now it's Greenway, Eric Sinek, and Felino as your top line. Am I remembering that correctly? On Minnesota, I, I do like Brodeen. The machine. On the D side of things, he's just He's been great all year, but he's now getting points uh, again. And if they're playing Vegas, I want Minnesota guys because holy shit, does that ever bring? Yeah, and then they and then they back that up with a game against Anaheim. Yeah, I think Minnesota's a good bet. They're they're playing hot right now, with or without Fiala. I think I would take take the the sort of peripheral guys there. Um, I'd take a swing on anybody on the top line too, like Eriksson Ek, six points in his last seven, sixteen hits to go with it. Greenway hitting. Has five points in his last seven. Felino really hitting and has five points in his last seven. All three of these guys are going to give you bangs, and more than likely, they'll give you points. Love it. And uh, it looks like Kaprasov is really putting in the effort to to keep the Calder here. He's got uh, six goals in his last seven games. Yeah, he wants it. And J-Rob's giving him a run for his money. Another point tonight for J-Rob. I love it. Exciting rookies, man. I love I love, uh, I love. The rookie situation in hockey right now. So in Colorado, I just want to once again state that Andre Burkowski doesn't suck just because he lost power play one. He is still getting a lot of points. So 
I'm going to go on record and say, yes, once again, I'll go on record. Burkowski, still relevant. Pretty good. Pretty Vegas, St. Louis, good. Jordan Kiru is kind of on the schneid again. Kiru is one of these teams, like we're recording on Wednesday. So when I was looking at it, he was one of the teams that played um, Wednesday, Friday, and then three times next week. So to me, it was it was Colorado. It was Vancouver, uh, who doesn't play on Friday. So they're exempt from this one. The Los Angeles Kings... And I forget, I forget the final team. St. Louis, Colorado, Los Angeles, and Vancouver. So yeah, there's your four teams. So Burkowski is going to fall into this one too, as is Jordan Kiru. But they are the four teams that play uh, three times for our ESPN listeners out there between Monday and Thursday. So there are a bunch of guys worth looking at from these teams. You know, especially the guys that we talked about in Colorado. Andre Burakovsky is 47% owned in ESPN. Nazem Kadri, 50% in ESPN. Jonas Donskoy, 17%. So if Donskoy keeps that top power play, which I imagine he will, might as well just leave the guy on there. But, you know, Burakovsky and Kadri have both been more productive, at least in my opinion, than somebody like Donskoy. Like, Kadri's got one goal where Donskoy has one assist over the last two weeks. Donskoy obviously was hurt, but... You know, Burkowski, eight points in his last seven, doing fantastic. All guys worth looking at, especially in in your ESPN leagues, man. Like these guys, they're going to give you volume, which is what we're looking for because ESPN did not add acquisitions and it's pissing me off. Yeah, I do like, I still like Schwartz on St. Louis as well. Yep, I had him on here. So I had uh, Kiru, Schwartz, and Bozak if you're looking for a Hail Mary, but. You know, Schwartz was next in line. Tell me about him. Uh, he's He hasn't been overly hot. He's got a couple of points in his last four games, but situationally, I just like him. I just like him better than uh, than Cairo. I mean, he's yeah. he's locked in, right? He's locked in as a top six main forward where Carew can kind of go up and down, um, which at this point... He's, he floats a lot. And with well, like he said, with no extra ads, you don't want guys who might lose deployment. <laughs> you know, like if he gets shoved down to the third or fourth line, you can't really fix it at this point, whereas a guy like Schwartz, you know, is going to have time for sure. Well, that's half the thing. He has been on the third line, but he still has six points in seven games. Schwartz, also being very relevant, has four points in seven. You know, the, both these guys are shooting Kiru at a, a more sustainable clip, but Schwartz is giving you those hits in the blocks. So it just depends what categories you're looking for. If you're in a points league, my personal vote is for Kiru. If you're in a categories league, I think Schwartz brings a little bit of each to the table versus, you know, big offense and, and bigger shots. And it's not even that great. Like 13 shots in seven is still under two for Jordan Kiru, who's 18% Yahoo, 29% for Jaden Schwartz in Yahoo, where actually Kiru is 19% in a, so it's very close and 34 for, for Schwartz in ESPN, Bozak 3% and 4%. Schwartz is 29 in Yahoo and Kiru is 18. So they're, they're definitely there. Definitely available. Actually, this league I'm looking at right now, just as an example, Hoffman just got dropped. He's been playing reasonably well uh, of late as well. St. Louis has really been has been pouring it on for the last six, seven games. So I think any of those guys could be good uh, ESPN pickups. I think so too. And then Colorado and LA, both of these teams play this Friday, and then they play three times next week too. So these are the teams that I am that I'm eyeballing. Uh, before getting too far away from St. Louis, I did want to say that tomorrow, or maybe it's Friday, but Friday is the last time 
that Arizona plays again. Saturday is the last game of the season for anybody in Anaheim, Detroit, Columbus, the New York Rangers, Pittsburgh, Arizona. So yeah, they, they play their last game on Saturday, but Saturday is very busy. So for me, I'm dropping OEL on Friday to pick up Justin Falk because he's been hitting. He's on the top power play. He's got a little bit of points over the last little bit. And I just want volume. So I'm getting three games out of him next week. I only have one pickup left in my championship and I'm losing guys like flies and Buffalo. I forget if I said them. So if you're in an ESPN league Friday, you could probably cut anybody on your roster from any of these teams if they're not playing for you on Saturday. So anybody that's on your bench on Saturday, drop them Friday. That's basically what I'm trying to get at. And it's, it's I guess Monday's a, a pretty packed night next week and then it's all off nights. So. Yeah. So I wanted to, before we got too far away, so Friday with Colorado and LA, the guys that I like from LA, and I bring this up because they're relevant going into next week too, with three games, Adrian Kempe, Alex Iafalo, and just go check on Dustin Brown. He's 60% in ESPN. He's going to give you three games next week, and he's got pretty good deployment. He always has. Without looking, I would guess line one, power play one. Which, yeah, that's that's right where he is. He's got four points in his last seven, 13 hits, 16 shots. You know, it's it's not far off from what Adrian Kempe's doing, who is line one, power play one as well. Five points in his last seven, 15 shots, nine hits, giving you a little bit of everything. I, I picked him up. He's tri-eligible, so there's a lot of um, roster manipulation that you can do. Yeah, for sure. And you know what? Um, Trevor Moore is is there. He's, yeah, he's on it. I feel weird about that but looking at him and Kempe in the last two weeks they both have five points they both have one power play point Moore has uh, both have a bunch of shot yeah both both have the same shots hits and blocks essentially so I think Kempe is a bit more of a sure bet but Moore is is pacing with him right now as well yeah especially when you get into deployment like more power play two line three Kempe line one power play one which is typically where we see yeah uh, that guy, Alex Iafalo, who I can still bring up here, who's line two, power play one, but he only has one goal in his last seven games, 16 shots, however, um, and is 50% in, is that right? 49% in ESPN and only 10% in Yahoo. And then, like I said, Dustin Brown, just go check. He's 52% in, in Yahoo. There's not much relevancy for him left unless you need him for Friday, just as a warm body, but yeah. Yeah, it's... It's going to be a pretty deep. I mean, I guess it is about games next week and ESPN because there's so so few of them. But that's a pretty grim grim matchup. <laughs> yeah. So Sunday, there's there's only two games on Sunday. There's Ottawa, Calgary, Dallas, Chicago. Two games that you're going to want to plug from the big guys that I can think about. Denis Gurionov, who's been you know plugging away, and then there's guys like Jason Robertson who. Please let this guy be be pretty highly owned. I'm I'm looking at him now. Sixty seven percent. So again, one out of every three leagues. Jason Robertson's available in ESPN. Tyler Sagan only fifty percent rostered. So there's more than a heavy chance that you can get him. He's got goals in each game back. So he's he's pretty good. Go grab him. Yeah, it's not much of a risk there. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, Robertson, 64% in Yahoo as well. I mean, not that the Sunday matters, but. There's guys I like from Ottawa too, man. Like I talked about um, Drake Batherson for tonight. No points for him so far, but I'm still holding out hope. Let me let me check actually. No, Eric Brandstrom on every single goal so far. 
Wow. So him him stepping into that Shabbat spot looks good for him. I hope they don't kick me out of Canada for saying so, but I'm I'm into Ottawa, man. I as just as a it's team, like they're obviously it's hard not the, to be. They're terrible, but they're kind of cool. Like it's a cool team to watch with all all these good young guys. Like Brady is just a one man fucking highlight reel. Like you want to talk about high event hockey? That is just show somebody that. <laughs> that kid is crazy. And then, like you were saying, Monday is kind of packed. There's nine games. It's the last game of the fantasy season for Philadelphia, Dallas, the New York Islanders, Nashville, Chicago, Tampa, Florida, Carolina, New Jersey. If you're making it that far, cut those players. And you can check it out on your favorite schedule site, like we were saying, Daily Faceoff, Ogar, Left Wing Lock, wherever you go check. Definitely be checking because you want warm bodies. Yeah, Boston Islanders is going to be a good one. Carolina, Nashville is going to be a good one. Oilers, Montreal could be a lot of fun. Dallas, Chicago, like there's there's plenty to look at and and kind of stream from. And like we were saying, the four teams that that I highlighted, you know, Vancouver, St. Louis, Colorado, they're up against Vegas. That's going to be a fun game. Like there are a bunch of teams that have these three games, but that's that's where I want most of the focus is is on these teams that have the three games because that that's what's going to win you this. You want warm bodies. Like yeah. I already said, how much like. It sucks because they haven't extended how much acquisitions you can have. So you want you want to get volume. Vancouver does have three games, actually, as well. I said that, but I, I think do, they don't yeah. play next Friday. So where you can get extra games out of L.A., Colorado, and St. Louis, the same can't be said for Vancouver. But going into this week, they do have two against Winnipeg and one, one against Calgary, two teams in the north that have been struggling lately. Yeah, Winnipeg's been... An- oddly messed up in all kinds of weird ways so it could be a could be a a, a night and it's a back-to-back too so Brassois is going to get one of those games I'm sure so there could be and Vancouver just stinks so I think either team that if, if there's guys you can find out I, I would be looking like um I know perifs don't count as much in ESPN right Generally yeah for the most speaking. part I mean there's there's category leagues there but it's mostly a points league yeah, so I mean that's one guy that kind of loses relevance is Hamannick because I've been liking him in in a categories league, but in a, in a points league there's still Pearson, there's probably Hoglander. Yeah, I would go for Pearson. You know, even if you're in a categories league, he's somebody that contributes pretty good. Justin Falk I think is pretty relevant here because he is heavy on the peripherals and is getting power play one. Um, Colorado, it's hard to say. Like, you know, the points guys that we've been talking about, Burakoski, Donskoy, even Kadri. Kadri would be good in a, in a categories league for the rest of the way. But And then again, Kempe for, for LA. I'm pretty sure he's been hitting. So, yeah, nine hits in his last seven. He's going to contribute everywhere. And mostly what he does is points. So I think he's pretty relevant for, for points leagues as well. That's all I got, man. I had a few questions just to just to answer them. The uh, about Cole Lind. I think you you were asking about Cole Lind. He's had a couple of couple of games now. Uh, he's been getting. He's actually averaging fifteen minutes because Vancouver's so hurting. They're really giving him some proper time. Safe to say, Pedersen's out for the season, right? Uh yeah, yeah. They're not going to bother, like um, especially fantasy. Definitely, definitely done for fantasy. But yeah, Cole Lind is is not doing things. So don't. For mm-hmm. those people who are asking, just don't don't do it. Yeah. But those are the teams to to monitor going into next week. If if you're kind of a crazy person and have saved your ads, I, I blew my load pretty early um, <laughs> on that one. But 
<clears throat> man. Well, I was all like Detroit and Tampa out on Sunday, and I had to flip all those guys because Detroit had such a trash schedule. So I burned, I think, three ads before Monday. I'm going to click on the stat tracker here. What, in ESPN? No, in Yahoo. I've got two two championships going on in the two of the listener leagues right now, and both teams had Panarin that I'm playing, so that was, that was nice. Oof. Consequently, I'm winning both championships for now. I'm really... Well, you definitely need to beat Emil because he lives in Sweden, and we're <laughs> sending out the FHFA chats to all the winners. And <laughs> Vancouver is a hell of a lot closer than Sweden. So it would be uh, rad to save on here. some shipping. Right on. Count on you, man. Bring it home for the FHFH crew. Oh, my God. Emil, uh, buddy, buddy. What happened? Benched Oshi against me in the finals right now. I mean, it's it's early in the week, but it, it's we're in tied. In who? Who's in his right wing? Timo Meyer and Ricard Raquel. So right now we're tied in goals. Oshi had two, and he made the wrong choice. I'm gonna assume. Brutal. Thank you, Emil. Appreciate <laughs> it. Um, but this team, I just gotta patter us all on the back. This is the championship team. Yeah, and this is. I just snuck into the playoffs. I was sixth at the last game of the last day to get into the playoffs. Now I'm in the championship, and the whole team is made up with the guys that we've mentioned on the show in the last two weeks. Carter. Robertson, Goligoski, Brodeen, Connor Murphy, Krejci, Bovillier, McCann, Craig Smith. That sounds like a team that has nobody left that you drafted. Nobody left that I drafted. This is that, and that's the thing, right? I streamed my way in, and I streamed my way to the first. And Beautiful. It, I, that's the team I had to drop. You know, before it was even announced, I had to drop Patterson. I had to drop a bunch of guys like that. Uh, you dropped had Eichel on that one too, didn't you? Yeah. So, yeah, that was a, a – I'm proud of our, our calls for that team because uh, that's made up of all the guys we've been calling, and it just worked <laughs> the out. The FHFH brand team. Yeah. Beautiful, man. Well, that's it for our 2021 season. If there's anything, like, if you guys want us to dive in day by day, something like that, feel free to chirp us in the Discord for you ESPN users and stuff like that. But the teams that I would focus on personally, L.A., Colorado, St. Louis, because they play those three games before Thursday, May 13th, when ESPN leagues close. And they also play Wednesday when we're recording this. Not that it matters for you guys, but they also play Friday. Vancouver for next week is the team that I'd be looking at as well. And there's just a bunch of teams that just straight up don't play. So please keep warm bodies on the bench. Don't be Dustin. That's it though. So curtains on the 2021 season. Thank you everybody to to everybody who listened, everybody who made this year possible. And we'll, we'll see you soon. I mean, we're going to take a six weeks off or something like that, you know, take a hiatus during playoffs, enjoy it, recharge a little bit and, uh, you know, work on some stuff. So, yeah. Oh, I should say, I should say just as a side note, it's the last official episode for a while, but there might be a few things on YouTube coming up. There will be the, um, the playoff drafts and, Maybe a couple things here and there, but as far as official episodes, yeah, we'll be off for a bit. In terms of the playoff t- leagues, we're three full leagues. We're halfway through a fourth and uh, be a putting out a cash league as of tomorrow as well because there seems to be a lot of people wanting to lose money to me. So, <laughs> All right on. So if anybody's interested in that, you know, get at Mike on Twitter, the Mike Rogerson, or chirp him in the Discord. We got a channel for the playoff pool. So... 
we ask you guys i mean if you want to join the discord it's a ton of fun a bunch of really smart dudes in there yeah anyway thanks so much for 2021 season we'll catch you guys in a bit and we love you cheers love you